Hello, it's Super Bowl week, and we've got a Super Bowl preview for you. But before all that, it's our 2021 NFL Awards. Listen, who wins next? Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode of the season. It's Super Bowl week. The lights, the cameras are out all ready for the action on Sunday. And I'm here as always with Ben George L. Ben, it's Super Bowl week, baby. And I can't watch it. <laughs> how devastating. Why not? <laughs> I've got work at like 7am. How much are you going to watch of it? Up until, up until the halftime show? My, right, so my aim. I've got a very busy weekend. My aim is to try and get a nap in at some point on Sunday. That's what I do every year, mate. Yeah, and just try and get like a good four or five hours. Mm. Wake up, literally put the Super Bowl on for that period of time, go back to sleep. Nice. <laughs> but if it doesn't work, my aim is to probably watch the first half and then cup it. What about snacks? Snacks? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need caffeine and sugar in my snacks this year. Just, just caffeine can't be having and sugar. Them, can't be having them halal nuggets that I had last year, which were unreal. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't help. No, I'm, I'm hoping to watch it because it's set to be um, a true spectacle. Mm. You know, two teams who I think, you know, the Rams were tipped, but we weren't ever confident, especially with how the Packers were and the Cardinals were from the get-go. Yeah. But we'll get into this later on. Yes, we will. And um, the Super Bowl preview is later to come, but... As always, we'll start with in the week. Um, it's not actually known as always, but for the recent recent weeks, we'll start with in the week and um, what's happened last week. So Tom Brady officially announced his retirement, but said on his own podcast today that never say never on coming back. Do you think Do you think he may come back one day? He said on his own podcast, yeah, I'll never say never. As a coach? No, as a player. No, no, no it doesn't mean as a player. Surely no? not. No. We'll see. Um... Washington have got their new name. They do. They're the the Commanders. What what do you think of the name? Let's go Cormies. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the name, Paul? Um, did it I really cannot... take? Did it really need to take them two years to come up with that? I, I I just think they've missed out on like Washington presidents or Washington leaders or Washington warriors or Washington mm. troopers or cadets or something to do with the army. They're the capital city. Yeah, you know Washington Capitals would even have been better than Commanders in my opinion. Mm. Um, kit looks good. The kit looks real good. Kit does look very nice. Looks very nice. You know we're we're bleed maroon men ourselves with our school, so I think we can relate <laughs> to it. Although we never wore maroon. Um, but yeah, it was uh, in interesting. I think is the is the right word. It's going to be hard to say. I mean. I doubt next year we'll be referring to Washington as the commanders. I think it's just going to sound weird being. I think naturally we're going to fall into it. Fuck. Um. Anyway, talking of next year, there have been a few hirings, and I want to get your opinion on a few of them. Um. So the Minnesota Vikings hired Rams offensive coordinator Kevin Corn uh, Connell Cornell Connell um took over the job. Ahead of maybe the favourite Jim Harbour, um, 
What do you think of this? Rams OC going to the Vikings. I think it's a weird time to be appointed the head coach considering he's still got a week to go. Yeah. With the biggest game of the year. <laughs> with a quarterback who's been doubted his whole career saying he's never been as good as he's, you're saying he is. <laughs> um, so on terms of the Rams, I don't know if mm. that's going to benefit them because their OC hasn't been there for probably... I mean, they probably did it on Zoom to be fair, didn't they? Yeah. But priorities elsewhere i don't know he's a professional at the end of the day but yeah weird timing but very good appointment for the vikings i think yeah it will be interesting to see what that means for how he goes about sunday maybe it gives him a little bit more drive because he's like he's proven to people he can prove to people what he's like in big game situations or whatever being what he's going to be a new head coach um but yeah he's got a good worked with a good offense this year in the in the Rams got to the Super Bowl, you can't you can't go too too wrong. Good hire in there. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars hired their Super Bowl winning coach Doug Peterson from a few years ago when he got Philadelphia uh, winning the Super Bowl. I think that's another good appointment. I, I think this is the hiring of the off season, in my opinion. Yeah, you, you've you've come from a from a franchise who basically had everything ruined for them. You know. Mm. You've taken the number one pick. Um, everything turns inside out from Urban Meyer and his staff. I think. I think the big question for Doug Peterson is, what's he going to do with the staff? You know, he was this QB whisperer, Frank Reich there, and I can't remember their other, their actual offensive coordinator because Frank Reich was the QB coach, but they were all QB focused, and I actually think that's what Trevor Lawrence needs now. So, great appointment in my opinion, and give it three four years jacksonville could be on the map yeah completely agree um i think having someone like someone who's won the super bowl bringing that winning mentality is really going to help them a lot um last night the miami dolphins hired 49ers offensive coordinator mike mcdaniel um another interesting one but seems pretty good will we see jimmy g go to miami and back up to her Oh, well, do you want to be a backup, Jimmy G? Probably not. He's just got them to the NFC playoff, hasn't it? <laughs> so, I mean, you never know. Hiring? I think it's a peculiar one, if I'm honest with you. I think he's done a great job this year, obviously. Um, mm. His work with Trey Lance didn't go to plan. And obviously, Tua is a bit more like Trey Lance over Jimmy G. However... Again, they're professionals. They know what they're doing. What he's done with Debo Samuel was incredible. Brandon Ayuk really stepped up his game this year. Um, George Kittle, you know, you, you're getting Jasicki over in Miami. Why not make Jasicki a household name like Kelsey mm -hmm. and Kittle? I think there's there's players there to be excited with. You've got Jalen Waddle, who you can do things with Debo Samuel. He's probably yeah, rubbing his hand together with glee over that. So I think the tools are all there for him. It's just get out of the mindset of Jimmy G being a quarterback and hopefully we can finally find an offensive coordinator who takes Tua back to how he was before his hip surgery. Yeah. Um, another interesting point about Mike McDaniel, he's, his father's actually black, so he's classed as a minority coach. It means really? that Miami Dolphins get two third-round picks um, in, I think it's this year's or next year's oh, draft wow. because yeah, you get, you get picks if you hire a minority coach. So... That's a pretty good thing to come with it as well. Good, good offensive, good offensive coach coming to hire you, uh, coming to your head coach your team, and 
you get a few extra picks with it, so not too bad. Um, the Houston Texans promoted their defensive coordinator, Lovey Smith, to head coach. Now, he's been a head coach before at the Chicago Bears, took them to the Super Bowl back in the day. Um, but I think his record is something silly, like 87 wins, 86 losses. So it's a very bang average team. But I guess Houston will take that at the moment. I, I think you, you look at the Houston defence and what they were actually able to do with what they had. They they played well a lot of the time. They kind yeah. of they kept they kept the, the offence in it for the majority of the season when they had an opportunity to. So internal hiring in that Houston organisation, I don't know. But if they believe he's the man for the job, hopefully he can do that. I mean, as I said, he, he did things to that defence that people probably wouldn't have expected him to do. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, if they can pick up one of the QBs that's going into this mad carousel that Kyler Murray may be going into that we'll talk about later on. Um, yeah, in- interesting. I think... I think this is the most. This will be the most watched role this year. Yeah, I think so as well. I think he was the fourth person to be interviewed. So there are talks being like they've literally just, just they've seen everyone else hire in. They're mm. like the last two teams, them and the Saints, and they're just like, oh, we'll give it to this guy. Uh, maybe like for a year or two. If he fails, then we'll just get rid of him. <laughs> um, so yeah, like you say, it's going to be very, very highly watched there. Um, and the final one, rounding off actually all the head coach opportunities and roles available, the New Orleans Saints promoted their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, to head coach again. Um, yeah, another one in within the, the organisation there. I think this is slightly different to the Texans because of what Sean Payton's done over the years. You mm. know, this this is incredible. Um, you know, you, you've worked under Sean Payton for however long you have, even if it's just been a year, you've probably learned so much, not just on offense, but obviously as the defensive coordinator. Um, I, I can understand this internal hiring, but still be interesting to see what happens over there because they haven't got a QB on, on contract. Um, a lot to do. And I, I still think Saints is a good landing spot. So, yeah, because they've got history and um, mm. people want to win there for the people because their their fans are incredible. So, again, I don't think that's going to be watched as harshly on because of the history that's happened over the last few few years with, with, with them. Um, so much is going to happen in the off-season that anything can happen next year. No, Yeah, pretty mental. Um, Brian Flores never ended up getting a job. Does he come back into a head coaching role or does he come... As in another coordinator or whatever later on in the season, is he maybe the first point of call if someone gets sacked to hire hire Brian Flores? Because it's interesting he never he never got another job. Well, with the allegations, obviously that you spoke about last week and how they've really unfolded this week, I think a lot of franchises probably looked up on him and gone, "Do we want to deal with that?" Mm. Yeah, it's actually a very good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, um, but I think I think if if you're in a position to get an offensive coordinator with the stature that is Brian Flores go and get him mm. I mean I, I'd I'd take him right now <laughs> over Cliff I would oh we'll get him we'll get more into that later um do you want to round off our team of the year with our quarterback um I, th- I think we should mention the pro bowl first oh you want to ha- mention the pro bowl I, it did happen this week it is in the week it is football okay it was a bit of fun. Um, I liked the kind of all-star-esque 
ness that they brought into the games this year. Um, yeah. The professional catching with Stefan Diggs flying onto his brother's shirt on a table, going for it like a WWE superstar. So good, wasn't it? Entertaining. Um, the thing is, I think that's the thing, the Pro Bowl. I was watching Pat McAfee and he raised a very good point. The NHL do their all-star weekend mid-season. The NBA do their all-star season. Sorry, all-star weekend mid-season. It's an advertisement to say, look, we're only just getting started in the league. We're halfway through. Mm. Come and watch us. The NFL needs to take inspiration for that. You know, put in 19 weeks and week 10 is Pro Bowl. No one yeah. takes it seriously. Everyone has a bit of fun. No one's ever going to get injured in the Pro Bowl unless they roll an ankle or something silly. So, and, you know, the NFL don't necessarily need to advertise it, but it's a great way to build the season and make it even better. So mm. it'll be interesting to see what happens. But in terms of the mini games, why not build a platform like the NBA do with the, with the dunk contest? You know, yeah. there's no difference between dunking and catching. There's so much you can do with them. So... Mm. Make it a show, make it a proper um, parade almost and show off these guys' talent because Trayvon Diggs, who's a cornerback, won the catching contest. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they are good fun, the Pro Bowl. I mean, the I do feel like the skill showdown they had during the week was probably better than the Pro Bowl itself, but yeah. it's also interesting to see people, like they put... Stefan Diggs on defense and Trayvon Diggs on offense, like the two brothers competing against each other in different <laughs> in that's opposite what, positions. That's what the Pro Bowl's about. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I don't know whether they'll change it to mid-season. I don't think they ever will. But just build a platform on the skill games. Yeah, you know, make make it a show, make it something that the kids look up to and go, "I want to do that one day." Yeah. Um. Well, the AFC won. I think that was for the fifth straight year. So obviously, the AFC is better than the NFC. Um, meaning that the AFC quarterbacks are better than the NFC quarterbacks, meaning Mac Jones is better than Kyler Murray. Um, that's, that's how the Pro Bowl works. That's how the Pro Bowl the works. <laughs> Demoralising 24 hours for me. <laughs> right, I'll get, I'll get you off the subject because I can see you're, 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 looking, you're looking sad about, about Kyler. Why don't you announce our quarterback of the year? Is yes. it Kyler? Huh. See, so you're, you're guessing that we've put the same down here yeah i am i'm gonna go with my honorable mentions first you know i love my okay, honorable mentions. yeah of course <laughs> so matt stafford is obviously up there he, he was a consideration mm-hmm. to get into his first ever super bowl winning his first ever divisional title winning his first ever playoff game in one season and sure it helps having sean mcveigh as your coach and aaron donald as your leader on defense with Jalen ramsey in the backfield not exactly a bad setup to have if you're a quarterback and you're not off on the field um Derek Carr, what a season he had with everything going on in Las Vegas. You know, first proper season in Vegas in terms of fans being there and everything that went on with the coaching staff and and Henry Ruggs. What a way to battle through it, get playoffs, uh, beat a divisional rival out of their spot as well. Um, And finally, Brady, obviously his statistics uh, in his final year, which was what, year 22? Yeah. Year 22. mental, wasn't it? And his best ever season. Best ever season. Well, I think that's why he went out. But no, none of them are our QB of the year. Our QB of the year is King of the Jungle, Joe Burrow. Yep, and exactly the same. <laughs> 4,611 yards, 34 touchdowns. But to be honest with you, I think in terms of stats, our whole team and that we've gone through over the last month, um, 
the stats. I don't care about the stats with this man. No. He had six games in his first year before having to get knee surgery. He's bounced mm. back. He's got his best mate from LSU in. And what a year they have had. His second year, he's gone to the Super Bowl, beating the Chiefs and the Titans along the way. That's the number one seed and the number one favourite team to win the Super Bowl. And they've mm. not, not just beaten them, they've beaten them in style both yeah. times. What a year for Mr. Burrow in Cincinnati. Yeah, he's really just changed that franchise around, hasn't he? From mm. being in a slumber for the last winning season was 2015. Um, and it's, like you say, it's mental to think he only played six games like you mentioned last year and now this year I mean people saying he's second year quarterback he's hardly a second year quarterback he didn't even play half a season last year he played just about a quarter of a season last year and now you're you're in the Super Bowl it's it's unreal to think um he's passing yards and passing touchdowns with both franchise records he also led the league in completion percentage with 70.4 percent and yards per pass with 8.9 um yeah, there was no one, no one matching him really. No, not at all. What, what um, a year! What a year, and what a man! That does actually round off our team of the year. So we started off with defense, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Superb defensive performance throughout the whole season. Um, tight end we went to next. For the Baltimore Ravens is Mark Andrews. Super season from him as well. Um, good Pro Bowl, I think. If good I Pro Bowl, yeah, he did. I think two uh, touchdowns. Oh, did he? I think so. There you go. He's, he, Lamar Jackson would like to think he continues that form next year as well. Just build a roster around them. Sorry? Build a roster around them, really? for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, very true. Um, the running back. He seemed like he maybe tailed off the end of the season, but throughout their, their first 11 games getting touchdowns, Jonathan Taylor, superb year for the man. And the two wide receivers, wide receiver number two we'll start with, Jamar Chase, rookie records all over the place. Boris number one. And then Cooper Cup, number one wide receiver, with now Joe Burrow at the helm. What a a team, Ben. What a team. It's like, you know when you create your dream five-a-side, like based on players currently in the game? (laughs) That's the dream. That is them. (laughs) The only one I may switch out is like Kittle or Kelsey Mm. for Mark Andrews, but what a year. Yeah, unreal. That's it. So you've heard the sound a bit earlier today, which which is a bit odd, but it's for a reason because obviously nothing's really happened in the week. We haven't got anyone to slander, anyone to compliment. Um, so we're moving into what if, second half, what if, our penultimate what if, which is crazy. We've already, like we've been doing it for like eight weeks, but it does not feel like that. Um, <laughs> I'll lead, if you don't mind. Absolutely. It's on topic. I've kept it Super Bowl themed because I had a feeling I think I know what yours is going to be. Oh! But um, we'll carry on. Yeah, I just stabbed my heart for the listeners, hence the sounds. Uh, Brandon. Yes. What if Burrow and the Bengals win the Super Bowl? What does this mean for their future? Does it get to their heads or does it lead to a career of success? That's a very big question early on in the career of the boys. Um <laughs> I think I mentioned it last uh, a few weeks ago when I said about the Buccaneers when they bought in Brady last year and they went on to win the Super Bowl. No one really expected it after the season that Brady had the year before. And they were a new team. They were a new winning team. And the ideas that Bruce Arians had and implemented on his team seemed to be sought out and fought out 
this year. They obviously haven't reached the heights. They lost out in the divisional round. Um, so if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, I think it may go down the same route. I feel like they're, they're a very, very young team. Maybe not Joe Burrow because he's he's called Joe Cool. He's ice cold. He's uh he he doesn't Spoke really get cigars phases. after games, doesn't he? No, exactly. Um, yeah, he doesn't really get phased by maybe the big lights, but I can see maybe a few other players getting slightly big headed. So um, so you don't see what happened with Carson Palmer when he was at the Bengals and. The franchise put a lot of pressure on his shoulders to be a successful because I think in his first two years he got to playoffs mm. and then he demanded a trade and came to the Cardinals after yeah. a period of time. I can't remember how long he was at the Bengals for, but you don't see that happening with Burrow. Not with Burrow. I think he should, he'll be fine, but it's maybe the players around him. I don't, it's, it's a hard one to say because. Or maybe Zach Taylor. No, Zach Taylor, he's a young coach. He's putting these ideas with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. No one really knew at the start of the season how Jamar Chase was going to perform because, like you mentioned last week in off-season, he, was, he was, wasn't catching anything. So maybe I think it's very, very tough to be a consistently good team. Mm. And because Zach Taylor's so young and he hasn't had that much experience with a winning franchise apart from this year, it could it could hinder them a little bit, but I think there is I think the talents there. I just think maybe are they going to get fought out, sought out, or whether players are like they think they're better than they maybe actually are when they come up against teams next year. Oh, so that's you, fair enough. What do you think? Do you think they're I don't know a new Chiefs, a new contender to them? Um, it's it's a, such a tricky one because of the Burrow Chase relationship. Yeah. Is that you know you touched on it there? What what happens to them? Do, do they get sussed out? Do teams just start double teaming, triple teaming Jamar Chase? Yeah. And <laughs> you know, it, as much as CJ Uzma has done at the tight end and T Higgins has done in the, the outside slot of receiver, are they the big names that that can take the single coverage and and make ten yards and see the space? I don't know, um, mm. and after winning a Super Bowl, does that bode well for you? Not necessarily. Because um, yeah. I don't think they are the best team in the league. And I don't, I had, you know, I think we won't be the only ones in saying they aren't the best team in the AFC. Obviously, agreed, yeah. they are in terms of they've beaten the right people at the right time. But come back next year, you know, you're training in Cincinnati University's indoor facility. You're not really a Super Bowl contention mm build um yeah i know what you mean yeah, so absolutely. there's there's more to it than i think just i've won a super bowl it's in my head what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah um well they got a win on sunday first for that yeah one to all to happen <laughs> uh, which is going to be tricky um yes ben what if now i actually had something different to what you're thinking because I, I i created this yesterday afternoon before some news came out but i think the thing that i'm going to mention to you is probably a little bit more relevant and better. Um, so, Ben, you know, yesterday about Kyler Murray, he unfollowed the Arizona Cardinals on Instagram, as well as removing every single... Oh, he's got his head in his hands. Every single picture involving the Cardinals on his Instagram as well. Before we get into the um, rest of this, what if? 
sorry he also removed pictures of him and his family and friends as well just 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 to put that in carry really? on yeah um okay so what if there are rumors that he may be leaving he may be traded what if kyler murray leaves your organization we're fucked are you fucked yeah tell us more i think you know the 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 team including the coach (laughs) is orientated for kyler murray yeah james connor deandre hopkins jj watt chana jones isaiah simmons byron murphy buddha baker christian kirk rondell moore (laughs) you know i could name the whole team if i wanted to I've named nine players, defense and offense, who some were there before Kyler, mm. but now they're behind Kyler. Yeah. Do you see a sunny horizon if Kyler goes? No, you don't, because there isn't a good QB who, in the draft, we're going to be in a position to take because we're going to have a high pick. I think we're like the twenty-fourth pick, twenty-third pick. It's yeah. not a great position to be in. If I you're think we're next to you again, like we were last year. Oh, really? Oh, actually, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Um, so, the worry... I mean, there's the worry of draft isn't great, and normally you draft around your focus point, and our focus point is our quarterback. Um, however, the QB carousel is so big this year, and hopefully we're going to do a special on it after I've done my dissertation. Uh, coming at you to in late april uh <laughs> no that's too late coming at you no, mid-march <laughs> yeah that'll be it yeah um that we are an attractive spot and we need to keep deandre hopkins and jj Watt. they're on a contract for another one or two years we need to keep christian kirk he's going into his contract year we need to keep rondell moore who was drafted he was drafted because kyla murray said i want him mm-hmm. isaiah simmons buddha baker chandler jones byron murphy great big players in the, in the defense they're going to go if Kyler goes. We need to, if Kyler does go, we need to show everyone why we are this hot attractive. spot. Yeah. yeah. So, bring in a massive QB. Going off, does Kyler go? I think we're screwed for a couple of years. Um, there's been rumours that he'll be traded to the, to the Packers. So does that mean we get Jordan Love with a couple of first round picks? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want that. Um, I heard the Bucks as well. I heard the Bucks as well. Um, it's just the not... thing is with the players. Some of the players you mentioned, such as DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt, they're on the older side. They they're not going to be around for too much longer. Um, this year's been an amazing year for you, but do you think it may be? Obviously, Kyler Murray is going to take the most out of a team but losing maybe deandre hopkins or jj watt is that also gonna add fuel to the fire if kyler goes and even if he stays actually i think when when the weird thing for me is is obviously when you get old it's injuries increased but when we saw in the season d hop and jj play jj stats Mm. went brilliant this year but if you just watch his pocket presence and the pressure he gave like in the first game of the year when china jones got five sacks the guy JJ, what this is, is literally pushing two O-linemen into the Tannehill to make Chandler Jones get the sack. Yeah. So, statistically, JJ's doing nothing for us. Physically, 
he's doing so much for us. So in terms of that, that's one thing. DeAndre Hopkins, what, what was top five in the league in receiving yards until he got injured and touchdowns until he got injured and would probably be in our team of the year if he didn't get injured. So they're still there. They're still in their peak when they're not injured. But it is just retaining that injury. And are you going to risk that with a QB who isn't up to your standard? Yeah. Final question then, to round it all off. Is this a sign that Kyler wants out or is leaving? Or is it just something to try and make a new story? Uh, not read much into it. Yeah, so Pat McAfee had Ian Rappaport on his show yesterday. Oh, did he? And spoke about this because it came out in the show. And Pat is very good at just picking stuff up and going off. I'm pretty sure he's ADHD. And uh, <laughs> he went, Ian, what's going on? And Ian Rappaport, who is a very trusty NFL Network reporter, um, said a lot of the time it's the agents doing it. And, you know, now, now on Instagram, you can archive pictures. Don't know if they're deleted, yes. they're archived. So is it a play to basically... Because from what he was saying, neither party was happy. Kyler was apparently demanding too much and the Cardinals were offering too little. So is it them just raising it a bit to then say, look, Kyler, you are our future. What can we do for you? We don't want this to, to upset our reputation that we've had this year. Um, and what Rappaport essentially said was a lot of the time it's more paper talk than it is actually legit actually doing so i'm kind of holding out he's still on us he's still on a contract for us for another year this is his fourth year so he still has to play for us this year unless we trade him or we release him which i don't think we will because they're stupid and it's a lot of cap hit um i'm hoping i'm holding out for a hero to the end of the night <laughs> so what percentage are you saying you are Confidence that he's staying. 70? 70, 70, 70. 70. Yeah. That's I mean, enough. I think you're stupid if you, you if you go like 90% or oh, 95% yeah, yeah, sure yeah. he's staying. Because you never know in the NFL. You know, there's literally 31 other teams. No one else around that. If there's a more attractive location for you, you're going to try and push it to go. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I, d I do think he stays. I do think we saw our contract. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if it is a Goliath contract because he deserves it. Yeah. He's I the agree. best thing that's happened to our franchise, probably other than Pat Tillman. Mm. Rest in peace. But, yeah. Sticky one. Don't really like that question. Don't appreciate it. Let's move <laughs> on. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that's over. Let's move on to something a bit more positive, shall we? Yes, Ben. Should I pass the baton into your hands here and shall I shut up? Do you want to, do you want to pass them? You're yeah, more than welcome go on. to. No, no, you have it. Okay. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. And welcome to the first annual NFL Awards by the Division B Podcast. We've got a few categories this year. We've got Beer of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Game and MVP. This is where the season ends, ladies and gentlemen. 
You got any got any any quotes for anything on that, Ben? Not quite where the season ends because you still have a Super Bowl to be played. But I get where you're going with it, and I like it. Uh, <laughs> did that sound okay? I don't know how that the That's lovely the difference between voice and music was that okay? I thought it was a good balance. Okay, here we go. Um, we'll start off with our first category. Our first category this year is beer of the year. Drew Brees, he shut down his his brewery last few weeks. We're not sure whether he's going to open up again, but we do hope so. However, the nominations for beer of the year this year are Tisky, Moretti, and Tiger. And the winner of Drew Brees' beer of the year is... Here's the card, Brandon. Thank you very much, Ben. It's Tiger, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations, Tiger. 8.5 rating. What do, you, what do you think of the beer, Ben? The I Singaporean mean, beer we had way back, way back when. I actually feel quite emotional because this, this was my second beer selection. It was. My favourite beer of all time. Um, the only beer I'll probably happily still drink. I sound, I sound so old. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's an emotional day for me. I'll, I'll be taking this trophy home uh in respect of, of of Tiger, as we of sadly can get in contact with them, um, could be here tonight. <laughs> so, uh, in honour of Tiger, we, I, I would just like to say a few words. Um, thank you, Brandon and Ben, for for drinking our beer on, on your podcast and uh, making us part of your life. Um, it's been an honour. I'm glad you uh, were able to advertise our beer in some way, shape, and form, and we are delighted to receive an 8.5 review and uh, be beer of the year for the Division B podcast. Well done, well done, Tiger. Well done, Tiger. <laughs> here we go again. With our first category, NFL category this is, we have Defensive Player of the Year. The nominations for 2021 Defensive Player of the Year are TJ Watt of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Trayvon Diggs of the Dallas Cowboys, and Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. And the winner of the 2021 Defensive Player of the Year goes to... TJ Watts of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well done, sir. Ben, why have we given the award to this man? Uh, he literally put the Pittsburgh Steelers on his back. Um, unreal. What sack record in the league? Joint, joint sack record in the league? Um, yeah, in history, yeah. An absolute animal. You know, been living under his, his big brother's spotlight for quite a few years. And these, these last few years, we've seen him turn into a machine and mm. boy does that man deserve to be paid a hefty sum of money because he is going to be something for the next two years yeah for sure um Steelers MVP for the third straight year 21 tackles for loss 39 QB hits I mean I know the other guys had fantastic seasons as well but he was outstanding mm. 39 QB bad. hits that's really annoying isn't it it's not 40 oh that is yeah what stupid <laughs> Could have got one more, TJ. <laughs> Disappointed. We Rookie. want to give it to Trayvon now. Rookie. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen. For the Offensive Player of the Year of the Division B podcast. The nominations for Offensive Player of the Year are Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. Cooper Cup of the Los Angeles Rams, 
and Joe Coolborough of the Cincinnati Bengals and the winner of the Division B Podcasts 2021 Offensive Player of the Year is it's Cooper Cup of the Los Angeles Rams. Well done, Cooper. Superb victory there, my friend. Ben, tell us about Coop. Absolutely unreal year. Absolutely unreal year. What, five records within the NFL, probably more yeah. within the franchise. Um, I'm just going to be... I mean, the amount of times Triple they're going to be saying... Winner, yeah. yeah. The amount of times they're going to be saying insane today is going to be silly. but um, Or, or machine today, sorry, I should say. Uh, unreal. Absolutely unreal. What a man. Yeah, second in history for receiving yards and second in history for touchdowns. Um he is a yeah, like you say, a machine. I've just realised, Brandon. Um, Go on. on our on our awards sheet, if you oh, look at I the next the award, one. yeah. Oh dear. He he's not a coach. He's not a coach. <laughs> First year. Da, da. Yeah, we're getting the experience. This 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 happens in award shows. We saw it. We saw it the other year. Remember in the Oscars when they were like it was Moonfall or some film. Yeah, and, they and were, then they, they gave it, it they gave it to the other one. <laughs> It happens um, to the best award shows. It does. It does. Uh, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, for the Division B podcast, the 2021 Coach of the Year, the nominations are Zach Taylor of the Cincinnati Bengals, Nick Sirianni of the Philadelphia Eagles, and Brandon Staley. Of the Los Angeles Chargers. And the winner of 2021 Coach of the Year goes to Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Congratulations, sir. Unbelievable performance from the man. Ben, tell us more. I mean, he was on the edge of a job last year. I think heading into this season, he'd been told, if you don't get the job done, you're out. Mm. And by God, has he delivered. What a machine. It's yeah. <laughs> a machine. Um, yeah, came from 4-11-1 last year to now win, not winning the Super Bowl, getting to the Super Bowl. Um, He's got a 50% chance. 50% chance, exactly. And he managed to beat bloody Patrick Mahomes. 21-3 down. It's... Sorry about that, folks. Uh, Brandon's Wi-Fi decided to die on us, which isn't a great timing. But um, apologies. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He, he beat Tannehill, beat Mahomes, both in their own backyards, with the crazy Chiefs fans. Unreal, mental machine. Um, mach- another machine. <laughs> there we go. Um, yes, apologies for that, folks. We are back up and running. Like like mentioned, this happens with the best award shows, as always. Um, always mic difficulties. Always. 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 It wouldn't be a Division B podcast without difficulties, would it, Ben? <laughs> Never. <laughs> right, here we go. For the Division B podcast, 2021 Offensive Rookie of the Year. The nominees for the Offensive Rookie of the Year are Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals and Mac Jones of the New England Patriots. And the winner 
of the Division B Podcast 2021 Offensive Rookie of the Year is Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals. Well done, sir. Fantastic performance. Ben. Records, yeah. records, records. I mean, you've come in as a rookie receiver and you look at what happened to the rookie receivers the year before. Justin Jefferson, legend of the Minnesota Vikings already, following around in Moss's footsteps. How do, you, how do you top that as a receiver? You come in and beat all of those records again. Yeah. In a franchise that has no expectation. With one of your best mates in college. The man is living a dream. And he's living a dream. Delivering at the highest level. Yeah. that I I can't really say much more about that. And then final words. He's living the dream. Delivering at the highest level. Superb from the man. And lovely words there from Ben. On behalf of Jamar Chase. And all of our winners today who... My trophy rack is looking pretty damn good. <laughs> You've got to give them to the people, remember, Ben? Oh, yeah, I've got their zip codes, so, you know. <laughs> Here we go. The Division B Podcast, Defensive Rookie of the Year, 2021. And the nominees for the Defensive Rookie of the Year are Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. Patrick Satan II of the Denver Broncos and Odafei Away of the Baltimore Ravens. And the winner of the 2021 Defensive Rookie of the Year is Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. Well done, Micah. What a win. Wearing his Dallas blue tonight, I'm sure. Wearing his Dallas blue, of course. Absolutely. Um, I just think I'm going to touch on Mika quickly and then I'll get on to what my main point of this. Um, what a year. I mean, you know, that man's definitely going to be in the mix for the NFL defensive player of the year. Come in, Dan Quinn's... I mean, even if you take it right back to hard knocks in preseason where he got rested in the Hall of Fame game and he was like, no, come on, play me. And no, 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 yeah. no, 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 you, you're saving your reps. That man has been ready and raring to go every single week. I, I I think this is probably one of the best draft classes ever this year. And yeah, absolutely. that man is at the forefront agree. of it, in my opinion. He is if he keeps this up, that's a Hall of Fame jacket on his arms. Out of shadow of doubt. Yeah. Going from blue jacket to gold jacket. Um again, Ben. Fantastic words from you on behalf of Mike Parsons. Of another, another trophy in the cabinet. There you go. You're getting a lot of trophies now, aren't you? More than I've ever had. <laughs> Don't say that about yourself. You're, you're perfect, Ben. Oh, thank you, Brad. Right. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen. The 2021 Game of the Year by the Division B Podcast. And the nominations of Game of the Year are... The Buffalo Bills 36, Kansas City Chiefs 42 in the divisional round. The Cincinnati Bengals 27, the Kansas City Chiefs 24 in the conference championship round. And the Las Vegas Raiders 33, Baltimore Ravens 27 in week one. And the winner of the 2021 game of the year is... 
the Buffalo Bills 36, Kansas City Chiefs 42 in the divisional round. What a game. The greatest game we've ever seen. The only the only uh, trophy the Chiefs will be getting their hands on this year. Ooh. I'm very proud of that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a game. I mean, when we were talking about through this last night, we were really in... I did raise a valid point, in my opinion, about the Bengals-Chiefs game. Um, but just that that last half an hour of the last two minutes of the game, the overtime, and how unlucky, in my opinion, the Bills were. Mm. But the Chiefs doing the job and doing it in Hollywood-esque fashion. Just oh. unreal. Yeah, you're going to make a documentary about it in the future um, and a film as well. The first NFL game where both quarterbacks threw more than 300 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, rushed for at least 50 yards. And you mentioned about the final two minutes, four lead changes, 25 points in the last two minutes, which is the second most in the Super Bowl era. Um, some commentators said it's the one of the greatest games they've ever seen. So you couldn't put a bloody week one game in there, even though it's a pretty good game. But yeah, still an overtime game. Um, okay, here we are. It's the big one, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end. Ben, thank you for this year with the Division B podcast. We're in our penultimate week. We're almost a year on. Over 30 episodes. And this year's been the big one. Our first full season with the Division B podcast. And we end with the 2021 NFL MVP. We have five nominations for this, and their nominations are Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Debo Samuel, <laughs> Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers. God, we've gone so far. Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals, Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts, and Trayvon Diggs of the Dallas Cowboys and the winner of the 2021 Division B podcast MVP is Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals MVP for the Division B podcast I mean wow. he deserves it purely on having the most uh, player of the weeks within our podcast yeah that's it and getting to the Super Bowl in, in really your first year. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what to say about him. We've already said as much as we need to about that man. Um, he he's thoroughly deserved, and I feel like he's probably he may get it this year in the real NFL honors. Um, actually, I don't know who the nominations are for that. I haven't. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I haven't got a clue. Am I? Um, Anyway, well, that's more important than well, this is more important than the bloody real NFL one was getting the Division B podcast player of the year. So, fair play to the man. What a, what a fantastic year, Ben, in terms of everything, games, players. You couldn't really get much better. You know, sorry to turn it in, into the Cardinals, but there's only one way I see the Cardinals being successful, and that is trading Kyle Murray for Joe Barry. <laughs> My goat. Yeah. Sorry, Kyler, but Joe Burrow, what a man. You know, the man has never lost a playoff game in his whole career in terms of 
college yeah, no. and NFL. Why stop now? Unreal. Um, are we pausing it for the final segment? Yeah, do we need to? Should we play the sound again? I reckon we play the sound again. Yeah, we'll do another sound. Another sound. <laughs> Oh, well, that was a nice break again. Needed after that emotional <laughs> high. Um, Super Bowl. This Sunday. The Bengals at the Rams. Super Bowl preview. We are here, lads. And lasses. Mm. We're in the final week of the 2021 season. Well, technically not. But playing season. The Bengals at the Rams. It's in LA. In SoFi Stadium. Who are, you, who are you backing, Brandon? Who am I backing? That is a tricky question. Have you Straight put your Have back. you put your prediction in? No. Have you? No. Okay. Are we going to do them now, or are we waiting another few days? We'll wait. Okay. Who am I backing? Um, I am backing the Los Angeles Rams. I feel like the only way the Bengals can stop the Rams is if they can stop number ninety nine, Aaron Donald. I mean. He, Joe Burrow's the most sacked quarterback this year with 51 times sacked. It's ridiculous to see. And he's now in the Super Bowl. Against the Titans, he was sacked nine times. He got through that, but if you're coming up against Aaron Donald, who has had seven sacks in his last eight games, they're going to really, really struggle. Um, And I feel like Sean McVay's been here before. He's... He's... he knows what it's like to lose in a Super Bowl. I think they just get the win. Do, do you agree or do you think our MVP brings it home? Before I tell you that, I will go through my notes. Uh, okay. The Cincinnati Bengals that. have nothing to lose. They've beaten the number one seed. They've beaten mm. the favourites to win the Super Bowl. Both away from home. They haven't played a home game in the whole of the playoffs. Have they? No, they haven't. They haven't. No. <laughs> Which means the Cincinnati fans will be there in force and no matter what happens, they're going to be a proud franchise. Stafford needs this win to cement his legacy in the NFL. They're in LA. They're in the SoFi Stadium. Everything is riding on the Rams' shoulders and how they deal with that is going to be what determines the result. Mm. The Bengals can go out and just have fun and if the result comes their way wow what a year and that's why i'm going with the cincinnati bengals oh there is nothing riding nothing to on lose there's they, they literally have nothing to lose they have yeah. defied the odds week after week game after game play after play mm. they're a second half team we know that so if they come out the blocks and look a bit shaky in the first half that's perfectly natural for the Cincinnati Bengals because they yeah. come into that second half, they go into overtime when they need to, and they get the job done. They suss out the competition. And let the other team believe, oh, lads, walk in the park. Burrow wakes up. Jamar Chase wakes up. T. Higgins wakes up. C.J. Ozomoa wakes up. The defense is picking <laughs> left, right, and center. Zach Taylor is going to be looking at Sean McVay, left, right, and center. How are they going to stop Aaron Donald? How are they going to throw away from Jalen Ramsey? You know, Jamar Chase may not even be relevant in this game. 
but Joe Baru, as he was known in LSU, Baru. as he was known in LSU. Oh, really? He had that B U R E A U X shirt. Oh, nice. Yeah, Baru in French, I think they said or oh, something. Lovely. I can't remember. Anyway, Fancy. beside the point, the Bengals will win the Super Bowl. I like what you mentioned. I think a lot of this game does gun down to head to head players. Like you see uh, Eli Apples and o- OBJs. You know, you've got your uh, a woozy in cup on the wide receiver front of the Rams and the cornerback front of the Bengals. But then the main one, like you mentioned, is Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase. If they can get, if they can work around Jalen Ramsey, then I think it's. It's going to be hard to not score as many points as them. But um, Burrow only targeted Chase nine times in the conference game. They still won. So, like you mentioned, it's not just Chase. They have like got uh, AJ Zoma and T Higgins. But I think a lot of it does come down to head-to-head battles and where where plays can be won or lost. It could come down to field goal at the end of the day. You know, mm. I, I think. You know, as well as how they deal with it as, as a franchise, it's also the hunger that they have. They've been there before, as you previously mentioned, and mm. that is that is my concern. I still back the Bengals all the way, and they are going in as my prediction in our in our little one to one. They are, they are. Uh, oh, I've got God. nothing. To, I've got nothing to lose. Don't know what to do anymore because you're only two points behind me. I've got nothing to lose in that either, mate. Um, <laughs> so I, I actually think this could be the game of the year if you know. I don't think it's going to be like the Patriots-Rams that was just so dry. I don't know why I stayed up to watch that. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very fun game. Yeah. I mean, Burrow was third versus... In in the whole of the NFL, he was third versus the pressure. So he knows how to deal with it. He knows when he gets pressurised what he's going to do, which does bode bode in in favour for him. And... Um, also Hendrickson and Hubbard on the defensive line of the Bengals pressured Mahomes five times each, ten times, and Stafford was twentieth in the league versus the pressure. So they're really completely different. And I think maybe, maybe when I look into it a little bit more, maybe I do change my ways from the the the, the Rams to the Bengals. You know, we mentioned wasn't it last two weeks ago when we said about the the the, the Chiefs. They're like if you go to the art gallery, they're like your your Picassos. They're lovely. It's Mo- Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa, you know. And the Bengals are like the graffiti on the side of a train station at Brixton, you know. That looks it, sick. It, <laughs> the thing is, it does. That's the thing. It's it's still art. It's just the way of portraying it. And I think if the Bengals can really just get into the Rams' face, maybe maybe that does happen. But you have got you have got Aaron Donalds. Do you not think Aaron Donalds going to be a threat? Do you think they can control him? Remember, he's been sacked 51 times this year, Burrow. Look, I, I think the thing that supports Burrow is he's been sacked 51 times and he's still got to the Super Bowl. Mm. So I, I think going into a game against Aaron Donald is almost like going into a game against Virgil van Dijk. You know, if, you yeah. know if, if you know if the ball goes in the air, you're probably going to lose. But it's how you react to it. Mm-hmm. You know, if the, if the ball takes a bit longer to release from your hand, Joe, you know you're going to get hit. And it yeah. may be two, three times. And, that, and if it's two, three times against Aaron Donald, you've done a pretty good job. So how will you react? And you've done it all year and you've done it well. So what's the difference? Aaron Donald's probably a bit more dense than some other defensive edge rushes. <laughs> but 
and he hits hard, but you've been hit hard. You've gone for operation. You've bounced back. You're in the Super Bowl. You have nothing to lose. You know you're going to get hit. Play the game. Play the game. Wise words from Ben. Um, few other little bits in terms of the coaching side. Zach Taylor is coming up against his old boss. He was in St. Louis for two years when they were in the Super Bowl. Does that... For one of the first times, a technical issue has actually helped me, and Ben has correctly corrected me that they weren't playing in St. Louis when Zach Taylor was the quarterback coach. They were actually in LA playing at the Coliseum. But yes, Ben, does it does it bode well for the Bengals and Zach Taylor that he knows how Sean McVay works? Yeah, and, and I do think you've got to stick to your guns in the Super Bowl. I don't think it's the time to try something new. You know, McVay's going to be going, look, they know how we're going to play in terms of offensively um defensively it's pretty predictable as well Jalen Ramsey's obviously going to be very close on Jamar Chase and Donald's going to be in your face where you are but having that inside scoop you know it depends how much like Taylor trusts his gut whether to go full out on that plan or, or try and look at other options that they may be portraying through the season but I, I, mm. I think if they're still playing the way they did on the Zach Taylor I don't think they're going to be changing it in this game yeah it's going to be one to watch, and it's the two youngest coaches in the NFL. 35 and 38, right? Yeah, and now in the Super Bowl. And I think it's, we've, we've over the last week, we've experienced now there's a new era of everyone. All the old era quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. Even Rodgers is... Aaron Rodgers, they're all gone. Bill Belichick and uh, bloody, what's his name? Seahawks guy. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, they're kind of going. Andy Reid. He's kind of going. Didn't even beat the Bengals, mate. Go up, grow up, mate. Um, new age. New age of everything. And we're going to be here for everything. With everything, with it. Um, everything that comes in the next however long we do in this podcast. Hopefully a lifetime. <laughs> it's a hat trick of oh, technical so difficulties, cute. people. We're back. <laughs> oh. Ben, end this swiftly. What a nightmare. Right, At least Brad- the walls were good. Brandon's still laggy, so I'm going to take full control. Brandon, don't say anything. We're in a penultimate episode. We're coming to the end. We are five days away from the Super Bowl happening in LA. Brandon is currently looking like he's about to fall asleep or torture someone. I'm not sure. We will see you on the other side. Thanks. <laughs>